0: Hey y'all, I'm Heather. I am a wife and a mother and an insurance agency owner, a friend and a PTA advocate. I am so excited to talk about all of the things that I find most precious here within our community, within our lives and within our faith, friendships and relationships. Here on Heather's Most Precious. So tell me about your podcast. Okay. So the podcast is
1: called How Would You Rate Your Pain? And it's featuring stories of resilience, you know, encountering challenges and adversities, different types of pain and how people get through them. What's helpful to them? What's the hardest part? The hope is that, you know, for people that are listening who have experienced something similar it's you know just encouraging space um, or maybe someone's at the beginning of their journey and I think kind of at a meta level it's helpful I think for us in society that if we hear a story that you know is so different than our lives it just kind of helps us humanize a different kind of struggle and maybe it eventually increases the collective empathy in the world would be the hope.
0: Absolutely. And that's what we all need more of, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And I think we really
1: want that. <laughs> you know, we look at the research on loneliness and and people's, you know, desire for belonging. Um, I think the thing that keeps us apart is, you know, we need this empathy bridges everywhere,
0: yes, absolutely. I'd, I'd often think how much better the world would be if people would not only engage more in a more appropriate way, in a more kind way, yeah, but if there was empathy, When, yes, we will never know what other people are going through, but if we can say, oh, that must be difficult and treat people in a way that would allow them to be seen and heard and known in a way that was not um, isolating because of their situation or circumstance, Mm -hmm. but, but did want to bring them in more inclusive.
1: I agree. And I think, you know, one of the things I remember from being little, uh, we used to watch a lot of the Jacques Cousteau, you know, videos where he would like go with the boat and, you know, go under the water deep or, um, you know, these little islands where, you know, hardly anybody had ever been at that time. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, one of the reasons he was doing it was so that people would love um, creatures of the sea and want to protect Mm -hmm. them and love beautiful places and want them to keep thriving and holding life. And and so I think we do that a little bit, you know, with our storytelling in this way um, to help us love and connect with and want to protect and care for people that, you know, aren't in our little circle, our
0: sphere of our world. Of course. And oftentimes, unless you start to step out. Yeah. Right. You're not going to know. Just like without watching those videos, you wouldn't understand. There would be a lot of. probably anxiety over of the unknown or if you came into contact with a creature you would be terrified instead of oh brings the acknowledgement that this isn't scary it just was unknown but it's now different. i know it's yeah. it's different and that doesn't yeah. make it less than and mm-hmm. um, it and it can be brought in to our circle but we have to be aware and be able to step out um, of what we know which is sometimes scary I think so. I think so. Maybe it's like the first
1: step is scary, and then you kind of settle in, and it feels really good.
0: It does. Yeah. And I don't know anyone who has included someone or has had a conversation with someone or tried to empathize with someone that looks or acts different than they do mm-hmm. and has ever been like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Most of the time, it's so rewarding. Absolutely. I find it rewarding. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So y'all are hearing from my very special guest and new friend, Tiffany Bartell, And she shared <laughs> with it. you about um, the her podcast, which is newer, coming out soon. Mm-hmm. How do you rate your pain? How would you rate your pain? How would you rate your pain? Yes. How would you rate your pain? And I love that title so much. We are connected um, by Michael. I loved when you shared that because how often do we hear that Mm -hmm. in a doctor's office? Yeah, after an accident, whatever that looks like, and a lot of people do want to rate Mm -hmm. so that we know how to either overall how we know how to help you. Yeah, and I think it's
1: just so subjective, you know, because um, you know, I I think you're a mom too, Mm -hmm. and so you know having children versus breaking a bone, you know, um, or grief or, um, you know, the pain of leaving a job or situation you love or community you love to move to another good situation. There's still pain in there. And so it's so nuanced and so
0: individual. It is. But they, but across the board, as you've just shared, Mm -hmm. it it doesn't matter if it is medical or grief or happy, happy to happy. There, there is a piece of us that it is painful mm-hmm. it does hurt sometimes to grow and move and or deal with an unwanted circumstance and so you have allowed a space where people are able to share and celebrate the victory of growth and as you've alluded to which i also would love for this to be is to help other people that are either starting their journey mm-hmm. are have sailed through their journey are on the other side or are in the midst of it and just kind of feel stuck Yeah, because I think that if if it
1: feels like someone else has gone through something even remotely similar or something hard, it's almost like those, like, footprints in the snow. It's like, okay, well, even if I don't land exactly on it or it's not exactly my size, at least something's broken the surface and, and I can see a way forward. Absolutely. And I think, too, it kind of knits us together in like that common humanity that keeps us from being isolated. Because when you're suffering, you know, it, I think you feel so isolating. It feels like you're the only one. Everybody else is like the world is still turning and you're the only person stuck. And and I think, you know, throughout our lives, we're stuck in different ways at different times. And um, and it's just part of the human experience is is facing adversity or having pain or having suffering or discomfort, but then also having joy and love and peace.
0: And finding the balance. Oh, yes, trying. Yes, <laughs> yes, always. And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there. Um, not only do we not want to be alone, but just hearing something, words have a funny na- way of resonating with people. And I you, agree. we did not start this today thinking, oh, somebody is going to, with an eight, you know, Patty and wherever is going to hear this and it's going to hit her heartstrings. That's not, but how how often do our words mm-hmm. translate to somebody and, and just resonate with them in a way that does bring healing and hope and offers the grace that they need mm-hmm. to be able to move forward or to be Definitely. able to acknowledge um, because often you have to acknowledge the situation, the grief, that whatever is hurting mm-hmm. in order to bring the healing and in order to move forward and figure out, do I need help to be able to move forward? Is this therapy? Is this talking or is this um, a doctor? What does this look like? Or is this me saying, okay, acknowledge this and figuring out how to move forward and navigate the season? Yeah. So, so, you know, I've told you before, I'm
1: also a therapist and, you know, the, the I think the formula for a lot of people is, you know, if I want to do this in a healthy way, I have to be able to say, okay, what's happening for me right now inside? What am I experiencing? What am I feeling? Can I like describe it? Can I identify it? Um, and you know, what do I need? And then when you're ready, where do I want to be? And mm-hmm. how would I get there? And because I think sometimes you want to skip some of those steps. You want to say, oh, it's a bad day. I feel upset. I'm gonna think about something happy. And it's like, right. okay, well, yeah, but like, did you need comfort? Did you need processing? Did you need justice? Did you know, what do you need, you know, to resource for that experience that you're having? And and sometimes it's just a momentary thing and sometimes it's a little bit more, you know, professional help or or other situations that you need to tap into. Um, but I think we have to do all the steps. We don't
0: get to skip anything and it would be so nice if we could yes and what happens when we do skip that unfortunately i am i am the person who identifies with what you said because I will always find the gratitude typically within the situation. So if I can grab the gratitude, it's not that I'm intentionally repressing something, Mm -hmm. but that's what happens. And then all of a sudden... It surprises you. It does. And it's the worst surprise. Yeah. And you're engulfed then by this wave of grief and darkness that now, how do you navigate Mm -hmm. something Mm -hmm. that you didn't know that you were pushing away?
1: Yeah.
0: Right. Well, and I always say that like your superpower is your kryptonite
1: right mm-hmm. so you know even gratitude you mm-hmm. know if that's something is such a skill and, and you're so good at that that muscle so strong you know being able to sit in pain and being able to like you know be with yourself that's gonna be hard mm-hmm. and and i think i tend towards like being pretty happy mm-hmm. I kind of wake up you know, yeah. kind of you know with high energy and so i think that being still is something i've had to learn to be i think that being angry when it's appropriate. Um, I just didn't ever learn to be angry. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of health in anger Mm -hmm. when it's like a good, healthy um, situation. Um, And then you have to figure out how long do I want to sit there? Yeah, I need to sit there. I have to honor it. How long? How long before it's not actually good for me anymore? And so, so yeah, whatever our answer is or our go-to, you know, we always have to be like, okay, what's underdeveloped? If I'm really good at finding the silver lining or looking at the bright side or being grateful. Um, When do I need to sit with myself and do I need someone to sit with me with myself? Right. You know, does that help me?
0: To help me navigate that. That makes sense. And as, as you alluded to, it is so hard when you, when you are good at being happy, when you're good at higher, where you're very similar in those ways. It's, it's so unlike us to Mm -hmm. feel Mm -hmm. the negative feelings, the, um, the harshness of some of the seasons. So I feel like in in effort for us to navigate it well, it feels like we have to find the gratitude and we have to be happy. And if we, we aren't mm-hmm. it's against the grain and it yes. doesn't feel natural. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's it not only being uncomfortable in that season, but for me like this, I just walked through a pretty rough season um, within my um uh, kind of accident journey. And um, it I was fearful of sitting too long, not intentionally, but is this going to completely take over? Right? It will this forever shadow everything that I do? Or will I be able to crawl out of where I am? Yeah. And that was a scary place to be because it is not like me to sit in the dark and the hurt and the and all of the feelings that felt a little contradictory. But and but continue to be aware, and I don't want to be here. I want to be somewhere different. But you're right, knowing that I need to, I need to feel this. I need to get this out so that I can move forward, and this doesn't become another hole that I fall into. Because mm-hmm. I think quite often, especially if we push something under the rug, we're eventually going to trip and fall down into it, <laughs> and oh we're goodness. not going to be able well, we to least expect it. it. Yes, yeah. and it's mm-hmm. going to be inconvenient when it happens. Right mm-hmm. now, you also mentioned that people need to identify the problem mm-hmm. in order to figure out you know what how are we feeling why is it not what we want to feel how can we move forward what if someone cannot identify or feels like they cannot identify what the problem is yeah so i think that you know
1: i think as americans especially we just don't we just don't sit with ourselves very much you know mm-hmm. our lives are so busy so p- fast paced i know You know, just talking about today, both of us (laughs) had multiple things stacked up, places we've already been. And I know, at least for me, places I still have to go today. And and so we live at such a fast speed. And so I think that, you know, it's um, it's hard to know until we're um, kind of, you know, zero to 60. We're, We're at a 75 and we're like, I don't know why I don't feel good or what doesn't feel good. So I think, you know, one thing that helps me is I have a lot of what I call people mirrors. Mm -hmm. So I have people who know me, who are in my life Mm -hmm. that can, um, I can sit with them and they can give me feedback that I trust. And and I I always like to think feedback is a gift, right? So if it fits and if it's, you know, seems appropriate, then I'll keep it. And if not, you know I have permission to discard yes. it um, but I think that you know having people mirrors people that love you mm-hmm. and know you well who can say hey you know I'm noticing this or are you actually okay mm-hmm. can help to kind of catch us before we might catch ourselves um, but I do think as a therapist a lot of people come wandering in and they say you know I'm just not happy and um, and I should be mm-hmm. there's no reason for me to be unhappy Or they say, you know, I have a lot of reasons not to feel good right now, and I don't know what to do with that. And so I think sometimes it's, you know, really healthy to go in. I mean, you go to the doctor sometimes and say, I'm tired all the time, and I don't feel good. And then you let them sort it with you. And then you have to go home and apply all of the treatment and the exercises or, you know, take your medicine, whatever. Um, And therapy is not so much different than that, in that, you know, we can sort it and You know, uh, my friends and I say we're stupid about our own stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, so if you're in the middle of it, of course you're not objective. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if it's your kids or your family or your life, you're the least objective person. Mm -hmm. And so I think that I think we're usually not as self-aware as we like to think we are. Mm -hmm. Um, But we're also just humans and humans need other humans to get through. We just can't do life
0: alone. Yeah. We need our community and our village. Yes. And I love that you brought up having having the the people in your life that Mm -hmm. can stand far enough on the outside to be able to see and without standing so far away that they're hurtful with their words or with their actions, you know, that they're coming out of a place of love, even if it their accountability for you Mm -hmm. is hard to hear. Mm -hmm. I think when you purposefully have the intentional relationships or the intentional people that you know. They love me, they know me, they see me, and I can trust what they're saying.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Because so many times that is kind of the roadblock b- before we crash. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> can see, hey, yeah. I see, hey, I, I see something, this is your warning sign, mm-hmm. let me help you navigate this.
1: And sometimes we listen and sometimes we don't. Sometimes they can, right. Call. Right. You know, they can call emergency services when we get to their side and say, important. okay, you know. Yep. And, and I think that's an important component, too, of your community is that there's no judgment. Mm-mm. You know, because um, sometimes we're just not in a place where we can act on feedback all the time. And and there has to be space in your life to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. There has to be space in your relationships to make mistakes and to have people help pick your yourself back up again. Mm-hmm. And I think when we're going through hard things and we're afraid of getting lost in them, like you were talking about, I think we need people to kind of anchor us down and say, you know, I'll hold on to you. Mm-hmm. You know, if you feel like, you might lose some of yourself, like, we'll hold on to you, we'll remind you who you are. And mm-hmm. and you don't have to keep all the parts of yourself together, Right.
0: you know, through this part. That's such a beautiful, I'll hold on to you. That's just such a beautiful analogy and beautiful verbiage to go with the scene, right? You can picture that in your mm-hmm. head, you can picture the people that you do want to be your anchors mm-hmm. and that you, um, and I think so often, you've mentioned life moving so fast that we can't catch up. We're always like, why, you know, why don't we feel well? Or, you know, why, why do I feel overwhelmed? Well, I don't know, because you're, you're doing too much. You don't say no. And that's very much directed at me. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I feel very, like, (laughs) it's very personal. It does. (laughs) And so I just think often we sometimes put ourselves in, in positions to where it's like, we don't want to be inconveniencing to other people. Mm -hmm. So we're going to recluse and, and we will figure this out on our own when that is not how we're meant to live. I mean, we we look at historically mm-hmm. and now how other countries, right, even homes are small and y'all all share a room and you're together all the time and you're suppo- you're meant to live life alone not be in these huge houses completely separated yeah without feelings and without um we'll get together for the happy times but don't bother me if it's not Mm
1: -hmm.
0: is how sometimes life goes or we're moving so fast we cannot be intentional enough Mm -hmm. um but i do how do we change the because i do feel like it's collective oh absolutely how do we change that in us when we feel like when we are going through a hard time we do not want to be an inconvenience to someone else or we don't want to them to get stuck with us, right?
1: Yeah, so I think, you know, one thing that I've seen over and over as I practice, and then I think too in my personal life is, you know, when you share, you know, let's say you share, you know, a little bit of your pain with somebody that you love, maybe 10% of how you're feeling um, lands on them, it doesn't land as 10. It lands Mm -hmm. at like five. Mm -hmm. And then they share with you, and it doesn't land as its full weight, Mm -hmm. because you're not them, you're not living it. Um, and, and it feels good, and it's actually healthy. The research shows that when we're doing for others, it's actually good for our mental health when we're helping support, not to an unhealthy extreme, mm-hmm. but like when it's a you know mutual relationship or we feel like we're contributing to somebody else, um, it's actually good for our well-being. Yeah. And so then you walk away from that, you know, um, everybody's 5%, mm-hmm. you know even if you shared, it doesn't land this the same weight. Mm-hmm. And so I think that, you know, too, we have to be really skillful with our empathy. You know, like mm-hmm. empathy can be like very overwhelming at times. And so, you know, I do primarily trauma therapy and I really have had to, you know, learn to send people stories with them, you know, and I, I trust my clients with their story. And then when they bring it back, we'll work on it again but I trust them to take it with them because I can't hold all the stories right. of the people that I see and they don't need me to. Mm-mm. They belong to them and, um, and we work on them together. And so I think we have to kind of think about like, you know, let me do what I can do and not try to do things that I can't do. So what's helped me, I think, um, as a fairly like, helping person, which I think we yes. both have that, um, is, you know, we can only be responsible for what we can control. Mm. And all I can control is what belongs to me. My time, my my thoughts, my feelings, um, my resources, you know, my emotions, all those things. And so I can't be responsible for somebody else's choices or their emotions mm. or their thoughts or their actions and, and, and because I can't control them. And so then if I shrink myself back into my role and say, okay, you know, I, this is what I can do. I can help them in this way, but I can't be with them all the time. I can't, you know, take away their pain because I can't control that. And, but I can walk with them and sit with them as I can. And to give what you can, it's the difference between, I, I always say, you know, paying cash or credit card, right? Mm. So if you were going to give somebody, you know, on a street corner um, you, you could give them five dollars but you wouldn't give them your credit card mm-hmm. because you know it's a stranger you mm-hmm. know anybody you wouldn't give them their credit card because that bill's going to come due to you and emotionally when we give what we don't have it's like swiping that credit card and the bill's gonna come due to you and and due to your family and mm-hmm. and so we're taking out resources that we don't actually have to give and and that's not a gentle way to live life. Right. Yeah, because we deserve. There has to be one set of rules for everybody. Yeah. If other people, are, you know, need to thrive and other people deserve joy, we have to thrive mm-hmm. and we have to, you know, be able to have joy and contentment too. Yes, even though we have the servant heart.
0: Yeah, yeah, which makes it hard to navigate some of the seasons because you do you, and I don't think most people are like here, hold my stuff, mm-hmm. but there are those people who do. Absolutely.
1: And yeah
0: empathizers naturally want to do that whether we want to or not we're going to like it's just going to pile on Mm -hmm. and we're going to navigate but I love how you are able to so clearly separate but it sounds like it's probably a daily it's a living up right (laughs) yeah it's a constant it's it's a set of questions Mm -hmm. it's a
1: set of questions you know which is you know what's my role Mm -hmm. you know if it's my children. I'm there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but if it's my neighbor, you know, I'm gonna give appropriately. You know, in that way, and and over a specific amount of time to people who aren't in my family. You know, it's a time limited resource because mm-hmm. my family deserves the best of me, not the leftovers. And so I try to ask myself, you know, what's my role? Am I actually helping? Um, you know, I remember that uh, when I got married. Um, my husband and I have been married for, I think it's gonna be 22 years um, this year. And um, I had a best friend, still a good friend, from my childhood, very young. I think we became friends when I was seven. And so uh-huh. um, she's just had a rough time, a lot of rough things. And so I used to always send money, you know, because um, she would get in a pickle one way or the other, and I'd just send money, send money, send money. And about like four years into being married, my husband said, "I." I want you to always send her money if you want to, and I want you to um, always feel like you can support her, and I support you doing that, but I want you to ask yourself if some of the ways you're doing these things are actually helping her and who it's Mm -hmm. for. And so I think part of what I was doing for her was for me Mm -hmm. because I felt so powerless to help her in her life. So I was just, you know, trying to do things that would make me feel better about her, present day this week situation mm. so I had to think about like what does she actually need for me how can I actually be a good friend what actually would help her and and shift a little bit in my strategy which didn't feel good right, right? <laughs> because it was kind of my security and um, and so I think we can disempower people sometimes by how we help them
0: while we're you know um wearing ourselves out and becoming exhausted which is not good like you said for the the your clan the people mm-hmm. who matter most to you mm-hmm. and because we know they'll forgive us we, we, we yeah. do we <laughs> do and there's often balancing between not only the empathizer or not but between our work and home life yes. and all of the other pieces of us that go outside of the home the share works on balance a lot of that's what i'm sh- continually striving for is some good balance between everything that i do i want to do it all if I'm not serving in a lot of ways, I don't feel like I'm whole. Mm. And I want to feel the, the, that way. I want to help people. I genuinely do. But I do also need know there needs to be and needs to be, you know, for me, God and family. Yeah. And then it comes work. And then it comes everything else. Everything else. Um, mm-hmm. And just trying to keep that mindset. Because as you know, right, when you're in the therapy session, you're thinking of what you're doing then. And your work matters because you're doing your work. Not just to help, you know, your your client at the time. I do the insurance because I, I love what I do. I want to help people and you know, I want to help my community, but I'm doing it for my family, right? We right. we work for our family, absolutely. Or else nobody absolutely. would do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And we're being honest, and yeah. but so often that screams louder. Our work duties, our duty mm-hmm. as a therapist, as an agency owner, whatever, scream louder than. Then our children, mm-hmm. and then our husbands, and then our other duties within our family units. Absolutely. And it's so unfortunate that we live in a country. I think that's that's for me the worst part about where we live. Mm-hmm. It's that in other countries, work is such a small piece. When you go out to people, you don't talk about work. When you go right. and here it's it's like work is everything and then everything else. And mm-hmm. I really wish mm-hmm. that our our minds would shift a little bit, that our perspective would be able to change to, I think we're good at saying priorities mm. and in the correct order, yeah. but it often feels hard to obtain those. Yeah,
1: operationalize right. it, like make it actually look like that. My, my doctor told me something last year that I, like, as soon as I left, immediately texted to all my girlfriends. Um, <laughs> he said, Tiffany, um, after a certain, certain amount of hours of work a week, you're not turning a profit anymore. You're making an emotional donation. Oh, wow. And I was like... I to need get to write much. that down, sir. Can you say it one time? He's like, what? Like, say what you just said. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, right. and, and I thought, oh, you know, like, wow, if you can do the math that way, mm-hmm. it changes everything. And I was reading something one time and it said, um, you know, that the research shows you are as happy as you ever will be and have as much of a sense of well being as you ever will have um, as you do right now, today. So if you your life and the way you feel in your life is today the way you want to feel forever, carry on. But if you imagine that it's going to feel different after, you know, um, you wrap up this big case or I finish a trauma intensive mm-hmm. or we get past first quarter or. I get past this big presentation I have, you know, whatever, we think that mirage, it'll just keep marching on Mm -hmm. and you'll feel exactly the way you feel today forever, unless you change today. And so I think, you know, you asked before, you know, what do we do? Mm -hmm. Well, we do
0: something different today. Yeah. Something that may change the trajectory and make it worth it.
1: Yeah, because, you know, and it may not be that your life changes. I think we have so much fear, you know, that FOMO of like, but what if I could do something great? You know, what if, what if this would, this new project would be amazing? And, you know, I think that, um, maybe you'll still do that project. Maybe I'll just do it different.
0: Maybe it'll be even better. And why is that in all of us, we do have that fear of... And in yeah. not just missing out, but thinking that we can be better
1: mm-hmm. or we
0: can make more of an impact. And I'm not that, what I'm not saying is like you listening. Don't make an impact. Yeah. You're not good. Yeah. Not what yeah. I'm saying. No, we're but. literally podcast. Hosts. Like we're trying to do something. <laughs> you, yeah, we, we want we to make that. a difference. Mm-hmm. But so often it, de- it is derived out of fear of not rather than knowing a, a lot of the actions we take every day are because we want we want to serve we want to help we want to be better for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but there there is a lot of that fear that also can creep in whether we want it to or not.
1: Yeah, I think that there's a real struggle in today's society to feel contented or enough. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's a little bit of imposter syndrome mixed mm-hmm. in there. You know, um, but you know, I think. I was talking to some about this the other day and, you know, people who are highly successful, who are doing what we would consider big things in the world and actually affecting big change, if you ask them if they're satisfied with themselves and if they feel successful and if they feel like they're changing the world, they wouldn't say yes. Mm. So you don't know when you get there. I think a successful life of service or helping or integrity or whatever it is you know that you hold dear or most precious mm-hmm. yes <laughs> um i think i think that if you do again it's if you do it today like if you do what's in front of you today like we're having this conversation today and and then you're going to share it with you know your precious audience and and that's enough mm-hmm. for today we did it yes. we, we met our values and, you know, live to our principles today. And so if today was the last day I had, it was it enough. It was enough. Yeah. It was enough. Yeah.
0: And that is a choice of believing that what you're doing makes a difference for you and that you are, mm-hmm. you're right, content. There has to be that contentment mm-hmm. and not the fear of did I do enough no I did being confident in the decisions that you made now does that may mean that you are addressing things maybe differently in the beginning of your day okay I have all of these 37 things that need to be done as I'm prioritizing them are these things that are going to make today better are these things are going to make my clients happier are these things that are going to help yeah and if the answer is no, then maybe those get put to the bottom of the list so that we can make sure that. that the things that we are doing are intentionally good and are truly priorities. Because a lot of this, a lot of the priorities we feel are chaos and so noise.
1: Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, And they're not going mm-hmm. to bring any value, mm-hmm. but they do seem to take up a lot of space.
1: Yeah, I think that one of the. One of my areas of, of you know, kryptonite is I I love new projects and I love, you know, good things. And I think saying no to good things is so hard. So then if we can kind of know that about ourselves and just say, OK, you know, I know that it's really hard for me to say no to good things. So my husband has this saying he says to me regularly and he says, Tiffany, only do what only you can do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I think that's one of kind of my vetting tools I've been trying to utilize is, you know, um, do I need to do this? Just mm-hmm. because something good could be done or should be done, is that for me? Because there's, you know, so many people in the world that have, you know, a desire or a need mm-hmm. to to do something or be productive or help. Um, it doesn't always have to be me. Mm-hmm. And, and that can help me sometimes to say, okay, you know, because I think we convince ourselves that if I don't do it, no one
0: will. Right. And I don't think that's true. I think mm-hmm. people are better than that. They are. And the truth is, if you continue to do it, mm-hmm. no, you don't give anybody the opportunity to step in. Mm-hmm. And that's often, I, I we're the same in that. I often feel like, well, I'll just do it. It's easier if I do it because I know how to do it. And then I'm not, again, inconveniencing anyone else. But yet, I'm taking up space for someone else who really wants the opportunity to give in that way. Sometimes we are standing in the way. If I don't do it, if I can get out of the way, someone else will step in. Someone else will learn. do that. Because yeah, yes. we had to learn. We did. We didn't, you know, get to
1: do the things that we do, you know, without having someone giving us a chance to mm-hmm. kind of like muddle around it a little bit. And I think as you were talking, it just came to my mind that like the place that we the place that we can be to reprioritize the mm-hmm. to do's. I think it goes back to our connections in our family right like if we're taking the time to be deeply connected then we know that we are enough in the places Mm -hmm. that matter the most and so if I know that like my my marriage is thriving if I know that my children trust me and can come to me if I know that my friends feel that I love them and um, you know, then then those if I have those cups filled, I think work can shrink a little yep. bit because I'm not trying to pour my productivity mm-hmm. into my relationship areas.
0: Right. Yeah, I love that. And I want to make sure the audience heard that we are not as perfect as we are today. We haven't always been this great. Right? <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> no, I, I think. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, and and I don't feel perfect and I right. don't feel balanced and I don't feel you know as healthy as I I'd like to be I think so I I just don't I just don't know if we'll ever know I don't know if you like even if you you know followed Erickson and actualized I don't know that you would know that Mm -hmm. you got there because um you know I think we're just trying and
0: we are and there were always still even if majority of the things that we do we are doing well. It's never. We're never going to feel good enough for ourselves. I think there's a level of, of perfection, a level of consistency, and um, and just, just a. We are always going to want more mm-hmm. than where we are, and that's not. That's not just meant to be financially driven or anything like that. We are always going to want more of ourselves than we can even give. It's almost unrealistic. Some of the expectations. At least I know I set for myself, and I know I'm not the only one.
1: Yeah, no, I'm the worst boss. I, I was, <laughs> so I'm pretty much self employed. I do, you know, my I have my private practice, and I do some other things, teaching and you know, a professor, and just the things, you know. And um, I was telling my friend last year, I was like, "Man, I would not work for me. Like, I have not given myself a PTO schedule. Yeah, and I have not like, you know, decided how many days off a year I get." And um, I have I don't know if I've given myself a raise this year like I I would not work for me. Mm. And so I actually flew to where she was living and um, spent a weekend with her oh. and we drew up employment contracts for ourselves with ourselves. Of like this is how much work we do these are our job responsibilities this is whatever because it's easy to to add on a podcast and add on a lecture and add on a speaking engagement and add on you know oh I could pick up this graduate class and do this and this and this and it's like you know you wouldn't work for somebody who kept adding new duties that you had to figure out on there you'd say what are you gonna take off my plate and so so then we have to have that conversation with ourselves too because I do like to do things well and um, and I like learning. I'm a lifetime learner. Um, but also, you know, the thing I'm not good at is rest mm-hmm. and stillness. So that's, the, that's my growth edge. If I was to give myself a performance review, it would be <laughs> needs to learn how to be still and
0: um, say no. I'm there, too. We have the same <laughs> review. Wow. It's so nice. Um, and I think, too, just because you have a desire to do something. Yeah doesn't mean you have to do it doesn't mean you're being called to do it it's because we That's want so to good. do it, it doesn't mm-hmm. mean we're called to do it and um once again <laughs> saying that for a reason preach to the choir sister um so often we think oh i would be great at this yes you may be skilled in that area you may have a desire to complete the project or uh, say yes to that engagement offer but is that something that you are meant to do right now?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We have so much more life to live. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean if we don't if we don't do it now, we are so used to the saying, "Don't miss the opportunity." yeah, And what do you think would happen if you did it? Like, what do we imagine will feel
1: like, or what do we imagine will happen in our lives if we do that one thing? Right. What does it change? and And I think that you know, I think I think it's good to have energy and excitement for new things. I think we just have to hone it, and yes. I think harnessing that is—it's uh, a growth edge for me.
0: <laughs> it is, and realizing if we say yes to this opportunity, how much of the other parts of us is going to fall? Yeah. So, what are we sacrificing to absolutely. say yes here? Well, and and I mean, I
1: hear myself tell my clients, you know, yes and no are two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. So whenever you're saying yes to something, you're saying no to something else. You know, what are you consistently saying yes to and consistently saying no to? Mm. So if you're consistently saying yes to work or others' needs or all of that, you're saying no to yourself, no to your family, no to the people that pour into you. And and so it has to, you gotta flip the coin. You gotta yeah. f- keep flipping it. It's gotta, it's gotta land different ways sometimes. And I mean, it's really easy to just like stick it down on the table and say, this is the right way to be. This is a good life. You know, what do I want people to say about me, you know, at my funeral? Well, you're not, you know, I mean, you've got so much life to live hopefully before then. Um, You know, what do you want to feel about yourself today? What about the people who love you most? What do you want them to feel from you right now? And I'm very um, externally motivated. Peer pressure Mm -hmm. works great on me. (laughs) So whenever I want to do something, I always get friends to do it with me. So I actually have a texting exercise group and we've been texting each other every day for, I think it's been 11 years. When someone exercises, they just put done in there and I'm very externally motivated. So I think think sometimes, you know, if you really love other people and if you really prioritize the needs of others, use it, use that and say, okay, Mm -hmm. well, guess what? The people who love me best need me healthy. Yeah, they need me rested. They need mm-hmm. me like whole. And so, if I give all these pieces of myself and all my time, and don't give to myself, I can't show up for the people because I have to have my personhood secure. And I think that's one thing. That I think there, being a therapist kind of saves me because, um, you know, there's the job is me. Mm-hmm. The instrument's me. I have to be a healthy person or I can't give good services and I'm gonna hurt people. And so that constant need to like stay grounded, stay balanced, take time off, you know, Mm -hmm. do those things. um, I think it's a good career because it kind of puts bounds on my life and my time
0: and my decisions. In something you wouldn't be doing yeah. had, yes, had the experience not been there and had Mm -hmm. you not had the realization that in order to to be able to do this well, Mm. these are the things that I need. Now for, I know we've shared a lot of kind of snippets of advice throughout, but for someone who is um currently walking through just a really hard season, what are the three steps that you would advise them to take to to find healing and hope? Yeah, so I think you know the first would
1: be to just um, ask for help. Mm-hmm. You know, don't try to do it alone. And, and to, if you don't have good help in your inner circle, don't be afraid to reach out for, for a professional because, um, everyone deserves a safe space. And, and ideally we want to have that inner circle. Mm -hmm. Um, sometimes our inner circle's also on the struggle bus, you know, or hasn't done their work yet. (laughs) And, and, and so, you know, sometimes it's, it's good to get objective, you know, outside support, um, for that. So I would say get some, get some support. Remind yourself that, um, everything nothing lasts forever mm. right and and so even with some of my clients that have chronic illness you know this particular moment of pain this particular um surgery this particular procedure this particular flare up or whatever it's time limited mm. you won't feel exactly the same way you feel today in this moment forever and so sometimes you have to kind of like just take a deep breath and say okay maybe i just need to breathe through yeah. that and then I think, you know, depending on the type of struggle, you know, figuring out what resources you need to move into, you know, a place of well-being. Because Mm -hmm. everyone can have a good quality of life no matter their circumstances. Mm -hmm. You know, for some of my clients, the situation they're facing is very specific and local and, like, they got to get through this breakup Mm -hmm. or they got to get through this loss of a job or whatever it is. For other people, it is, you know, more chronic or it is, you know, a lot of abuse and trauma. And it's going to take a minute to get through and then we can't erase it from your story. Mm -hmm. But I really believe that, you know, with the right support and help, that everyone can get to a place where they can have a good quality of life. And so just to kind of like realize that you're worth it. Mm It it might take a little bit more time than you like, um, and not to try to go it alone.
0: Right, right. No, I think that's wonderful. And I know we've talked about your and um, both your podcast and your practice. What is what is the name of your practice for those who are here and would love to hear more? Yeah, so so it's here in Chattanooga. I uh, work out of the Transformation Center,
1: and um, it has several locations. But I'm in the Chattanooga. Um, location and um, I see mostly um, like older um, adolescents and adults and uh, very rewarding and there's uh, yeah I think everybody deserves support Mm -hmm. and I I wish we would normalize going to get you know help for our mental health the way that we normalize getting your blood pressure checked or you know um, getting your bronchitis you know checked out we have urgent cares we have hospitals we have clinics we have buses in some cities you know that check you out and and um and i think i think we have done so much work on destigmatizing mental health but i think if you don't feel good if you wake up in the morning and you you don't feel happy and and you feel heavy or sad or angry or whatever it's that's your brain not feeling well and so you should get that checked out Just the same as you should get checked it out. Check it out if your foot hurts every day, you know. Check it out if your mind hurts every day. If your, you know, if your heart hurts, Mm -hmm. um, you know, get that checked out
0: because that's no way to live. No, it's not. And there are so many great resources. Absolutely. That want to help and people that want to help. And Mm -hmm. so that is wonderful. I love that. Well, Tiffany, it has been a pleasure speaking with you today. Um, But before we go, I have to know what do you find most precious i thought about that as i was driving here and i think it's going to sound so
1: cliche but i promise it's true <laughs> <laughs> i i think i find people yes i think i find people most precious the people that i know um and love the people that i serve um in my practice and and just, you know, people that we meet, you Mm -hmm. know, and and I've enjoyed talking to you, and and this has been so much fun, and um, I feel like I um, need to go home and write down some of the things that we've talked about, because I'm like, all right, (laughs) Tiffany, like, you know, little (laughs) reminders. You have some things to tweak, Um, but I think it's people.
0: I love that so much, Um, and, and you're right, whether you know them or not, whether they're strangers today, may know them in the future, there's so much we can learn from each other. I if like we that. build the community, and if we choose to engage with people, um, and, and especially when we choose to walk alongside people that need help, mm-hmm. that we can—if you are in a healthy place—to give back to someone else, to come alongside and shoulder the weight. Like I would encourage you to do that. Um, and this is this has also been—I mean, this is like the greatest therapy session of all time, right? <laughs> um, but it's always neat to engage with people, and um, even people that are like-minded, like you and I are and see things pretty similarly, and we are very similar in our personalities as well. Yes. Um, but but even that, even being able to engage in a conversation where you are able to pull from each other things that either are now said in a different way or something, there could be something that someone has heard for years and it's, it's finally said in a way that it makes, makes them stop. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I get it now. And that's such a beautiful thing. The light bulb moment is so beautiful to be able to then bring in and figure out how that helps your journey more peaceful, um, which I love. And we, we actually didn't talk about this. Our um, last, uh, I guess, Thursday's episode, this last one, um, our 20th episode we put out was on grief. Mm. And what's amazing is that so many of the pieces of this that you have shared. And I actually talked about in that um, just walking through season where so many people From family to friends to clients are just hurting just Mm -hmm. in a season of um, of hurt and heartache and and wherever they are in their journey. It's just tough walking through it Mm -hmm. is whether it's an unwanted or abrupt divorce, whether it's, um, you know, today. March 10th, is the or so February 10th is the anniversary of my accident where I was mm-hmm. hit. Trauma is what I would call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kind of changed my life, right? Put mm-hmm. kind of a roadblock in there and, and changed what I thought life would look like and what it has looked like and what it has looked like for my village and community. And there are people that have lost loved ones. Mm-hmm. and people that are now um, having to figure out job losses, which have affected the financial stability of their family.
1: Yeah.
0: And um, there, there's just, there are so many just people that are going through just a sad time. And whether they know why or whether they're unaware of what has caused this, they are very aware that this is not who they are yeah. and are trying to get through. So it is, and I feel like too seasonally,
2: Mm-hmm. january
0: february right the dark the Absolutely rainy gray. the lack of sun yeah. it does it mm-hmm. shadows a little bit of everything too and so this these are kind of more depressive months as well mm-hmm. um so once again if, if y'all are in need of help um tiffany is here able to serve um if if there is something that we can do for you here even within heather's most precious would love the opportunity um to hear your story to speak with you to help offer some encouragement and hope um As always, we hope that you have a wonderful week. Um, Choose to be kind, choose to be grateful, choose to encourage. And we'll see you next week on another episode of Heather's Most Precious. Bye, y'all.
2: Heather's Most Precious is brought to you with love by the Hendrickson Agency, an insurance agency serving all of Georgia and Tennessee. The Hendrickson Agency, properly protecting your most precious possessions. Support for Heather's Most Precious is provided by study.com, which offers SAT and ACT study materials and even has resources for AP and college credit courses. Listeners of Heather's Most Precious get 30% off their first three months of any subscription level with offer code precious. Just go to study.com and use offer code precious at checkout. Heather's Most Precious is produced by Chattanooga Podcast Studios and is part of the Podnooga Network. Find out more at chattanoogapodcaststudios.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back soon with another episode of Heather's Most Precious. Proud member of the Podnooga Network.